You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Manga X Manga Podcast. I am your host, Alari, and we have another really great show for you guys today. Um, I actually have a special guest who was actually here last week. Um, I will let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is uh, Royal, or you can call me Rad. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm working on trying to get Royal uh, to host it with me. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'll be a recurring I'm, I'm character. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we'll see how that goes, though. But um, right now, we do have a really, really great show for you today. Um, a lot of different things we want to talk about. Uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about was the Yasuke announcement um, from Netflix uh, set yeah. to come out on April 29th. I'm actually really, really excited about it. Um, it's... I think it's much deeper than just like having like a black character in anatomy. Mm -hmm. it, it's also that it's being done by uh, LaShawn Thomas, who is one of the creators that has been like a big inspiration when I first started getting into like comics and anime and manga mm -hmm. and just like animation. Uh, so, and he's from the Bronx. I'm originally from the Bronx. So, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's like a, there's like a deeper connection there. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm really excited connection. about this show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and we and I got to have like a little discussion with him um, one time uh, mm. on Twitter. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, I had DM'd him and we had discussed some things. Uh, it was a short conversation. It wasn't like a, anything long, but it was just really like cool that he responded. So, yeah, uh, I mean, like from what I've seen of him, like he's a pretty dope dude, like all around yeah, like, yeah. In the industry and outside. Um, I mean, yeah, like just... I, I, I go oh, way <laughs> back to like my bad. I go way back to when like um, he was like first moved um, to Seoul. Oh, OK, yeah. Um, and he was just like learning the animation out there. It was like after he had worked on uh, The Legend of Korra mm -hmm. and worked on uh, Black Dynamite. Uh, he also did um, the Boondocks. I'm sure everyone knows the Boondocks. Yeah. It's got an impressive catalog. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure, for sure, and and, and that's then, uh, that's not even including like his own series, like the yeah, stuff that Cannon he's Busters. Created. Yeah, Cannon Busters. Did you watch it on Netflix? It's been on my list for so many years, and I gotcha. So many series that I gotta watch. And like every time <laughs> I look at my list, I'm like, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. <laughs> it's actually really good. I I really enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. it's it's a lot more. I would say it's a lot more Kim friendly than I thought it was going to be at the beginning. Okay. Um, it seems like, it seems like a darker, just like the way he has the characters. Mm -hmm. It seems like a darker, but it's, it, it really has still kind of like an upbeat feel to it, even though like the main character is like an outlaw in a sense. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's a really fun series. Um, you have the whole like mech where like the car turns into like this, um bull what was it like a yeah bull. Mac. yeah uh, and it, and it's uh it's it's really interesting it give you kind of some of that nostalgia from like 90s 80s anime yeah i mean like so, from first impressions like i got like 
Gurren Lagan, uh, Samurai Champloo yeah. vibes, Cowboy Bebop, of course. So mm-hmm. it was yeah. definitely like right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, exactly. So yeah, when whenever you get the chance, do check it out. I did really enjoy it. How many episodes? Um, I believe it's twelve episodes. It's not a really okay. long um, series. It's just like um, a first. So season. I don't. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do like a season two or mm-hmm. not, or what. Like if they were planning on doing a season two, mm-hmm. but um, with the way it left off, they certainly could. Okay. So dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that kind of leads us into the the I guess kind of the main topic at hand for this episode is like just the black influence and how it's growing in the anime and manga genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think with even like this past what like three, four years that there's been like a major surge of just fandom for anime. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially and, like with the resurgence of Toonami. Yeah, certainly with the resurgence of Toonami. And then just like, I don't, I don't know what like we, we have more. And we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, before when we mm-hmm. talked last week or the, I mean, what was that? Three weeks ago, two weeks ago. But um, time is a construct. <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> but um, we, we kind of touched on a little bit with how there are more like celebrities even now, you know, like saying, hey, I'm an anime fan or I like this anime or, yeah, you know, it's definitely become this. like mainstream compared to yeah. 10, 15 years ago, 20 right, years ago. Right, right. <laughs> especially here in the West, right? It was always mm-hmm. popular in Japan and, and mm-hmm. like other countries. It's, it's probably been a lot more popular. But here in the yeah. West, it's kind of been, you know, like a niche um, a group of individuals who kind of get into this particular type of entertainment. Yeah. And... Um, with the growth of it, I think that has sparked a lot of a lot more or inspired a lot more people to kind of get into the genre as well, even if they haven't like, you know, done anything before, you know, maybe you are an artist, but you draw one kind of thing, you know what I mean? And then now yeah. you've gotten into anime and you kind of start doing fan art and other things, you know, I, like it just grows in that inspiration. So I, I think a lot of that has to do with it just becoming so mainstream in the West. And I think another thing too, it's like it, it hit, especially like Dragon Ball Z, like that hit like a cultural, like, I guess, landmine in like both the yeah. African-American and then also like the Latin uh, American community. Like that exploded and like got Dragon Ball on the map in the West. So, yeah. um, and then like after that, it was like off the races with like Yu Hakusho, Naruto, Inuyasha it's like more of these other shonens that were born out of like the the tropes of what we know is shonen from like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z it's it, it was basically like a trickle of, or a domino effect uh of right. like what will become to what we're enjoying today with like Jujutsu Kaisen yeah. like the creator he's like in his like late 20s he's like mm-hmm. maybe 26 27 28 but like of course he was like us like he grew up on those series so it's just crazy. Right. Just he's a like big fan of Togashi too, from what I hear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. just saying he's a big fan of Togashi from what I hear. Um and uh Bleach uh, just, uh Tetsukubo. Yeah, and Bleach. Yeah. And they just did an interview that kind of mm-hmm. like raised some <laughs> some eyebrows. Oh, yes, in the it did. Too. <laughs> I, I didn't peek <laughs> too much into it to avoid spoilers, but I did see some of the uh some of the things Kubo said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh regarding I, I, uh, I think 
some, some I was hearing that the translations were a bit <laughs> off though. I did I did hear yeah. that the translations were a bit off. Yeah, I read a better a translation. Off. And it didn't sound mm -hmm. so bad with with the other translation. It's just like he was just saying that he couldn't pick like a favorite female. Um, yeah, out of the cast, not really that kind of seem pretty, not necessarily not distinctive, but like uh, pretty forward, I guess. Yeah, they all had yeah. that strong mentality where it kind mm -hmm. of like sacrificed her, I guess, more feminine side or feminine nature. Um, yeah. But, which I mean, is kind of true. I mean, it's 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 fairly true in the series, but I don't think that he yeah. meant that in a bad way. Exactly. Yeah. It's just the the, the fandom they who. Yeah, yeah. You can't under, underestimate the wife who wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. That is for sure. But yeah, like back to like, just to like the insurgence of like mainstream anime today. It's like. Mm -hmm. it, it's crazy how like I remember being like what was it back in first grade like just watching uh Toonami uh for the first time and then when mm -hmm. it like went to that drop period of like being canceled uh it was like where how do I even like access anime uh at that point and they came out with Toonami Jetstream <laughs> <laughs> And for a period of time, like they had like uh, like Dragon Ball, like the original Dragon Ball, they had that on there. And that was my first time actually watching the series firsthand. I was probably like mm -hmm. in fifth or sixth grade when it came out uh, online in full. So I, uh, I could just watch that on top of other anime that had never uh, been shown on TV. Um, and then going into like, like I guess Naruto Shippuden at the time, that was still uh, in the... Uh, japan airing but hadn't really reached over to the west and uh, had right. the dub and everything so you had to like scour the youtubes for like raw yeah. like three-part <laughs> videos and like spanish translation oh my God. <laughs> it was it was an insane spanish and like thai like like anime was, fans do not know how good they have it now like mm -hmm. if you weren't if you wasn't like an anime fan back in the day you you mm -hmm. really have no idea how good you got it now. I mean, I even I exactly. like started late. Um, mm -hmm. well, at least late by you know most standards. Anyway, like I watched um, Inuyasha yeah. and I watched you know Dragon Ball as a kid. But as far as like getting into like mm -hmm. a lot of other series, I started in I want to say two thousand and seven, maybe. 2006 2007 yeah and um even then it was still really hard to like you know get i mean hulu was out then uh but they didn't have much mm -hmm. they had like um oh, the bare bones they had, <laughs> yeah they had like naruto which is you know kind of mm -hmm. what i was watching at the time i wasn't really watching too much else but they had like naruto and maybe death note <laughs> Mm. i mean but classic. like i mean those are like those are like big classic series you know what i mean they didn't have yeah. any like anything they didn't have any like rom-coms that i could really look for or you know what i mean they could they didn't have anything i can kind of digest at the time and i think they had inuasha yeah. where i could watch it like in full right because i never I had never seen it in full i caught like what episodes i could catch on tsunami exactly and <laughs> so just just with it being so available now I like that we are getting um, these 
uh, animes and not only animes, but these like mangas from not only just uh, black artists, but other artists like around the world. Um, I know we talked about mm -hmm. um, Saturday AM and Saturday PM, which is like a world manga where people from all over the world, um, you know, join and they have a collection of comics that you can read. Yeah. Um, An international we didn't talk like, about publishing the... company. <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, we yeah. didn't talk about the, uh, the like, I, I guess it's the first black uh, animation studio in Japan. Yeah. Um, the art, ah, I do not know how to say this. The art stagio. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do, uh, uh, the art I had stagio. to like refresh my memory of how to pronounce it. <laughs> but yeah, um, the CEO is, um, Artel Izam. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I watched an interview with him, um, like a week ago. Yeah. And, I saw uh, seen him kind of discussing like some year. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I seen him discussing a lot of things. I didn't know they did like so much work, just even on other series. Like they worked on One Piece. Yeah. Like that's pretty amazing. Um, Attack on Titan. And now they're kind of just, yeah, Attack on Titan. And now they're kind of just working on, I mean, they're like their own series. I know they did some things for um, Netflix, uh, one of the animes that came out on their um, platform. I forget yeah. which one that was though. Either was the it... coming or one of the other ones, the sword. Was uh, it Sword and Fury? I don't know. It might have been or... Sword and Fury. Yeah. Yeah. They also yeah. did like the weekend's uh, Snow Child music video too. Yeah. They animated that. Yeah. Which was actually really well animated, by the way. Oh I yeah. Like it. Yeah. And so mm. uh, it's just interesting to see like all these things coming together, and hopefully, you know, in the future we can have more of this, which is more you know representation for fans that enjoy uh the medium yeah definitely i think they are like working on a. are you familiar with the nicholas uh jeffrey ivy's work yes um so, i believe they're they they put out a um a pilot for exogenesis um yes which is yeah. like a boxing series if i'm not mistaken yeah i believe i mean so. it's a it's not really boxing but it's comparable to boxing where they fight they mm -hmm. have like I mean, an mma other, setting yeah 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 and so um yeah I, I didn't see the pilot um I, I would be really interested in seeing the pilot um yeah, but i do i do know that that came out like last year sometime or something like that i think yeah i believe um, so so yeah uh, they are working and i think you can like submit um ideas you know in, into production i don't know uh what like you all need or what's particularly necessary uh to mm -hmm. submit something to them but i do see on their website that they are um taking those um you know requests for oh like production different projects like any projects yeah any projects that you may be working oh, wow. on they, they may be they may even animate it um so i did see that on That's their really website dope. which is which is actually pretty cool um, like I said, I don't know like the parameters for what you would need or what they would be asking for. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's that. I don't know any studio or art studio where you can just say, "Hey, let me pitch you an idea." Yeah, especially when <laughs> like, they're based I mean, on the other side of the country. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, typically you would need some type of agent. Um, mm -hmm. You a know, somebody of sorts. Yeah, a translator. To, <laughs> lots of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So. 
I just thought that that was really cool when I did see that on the website. So that, that leads me to believe that they are um, looking for like these, you know, outside of the box projects that maybe we normally wouldn't see um, mm -hmm. in this. See the light of day. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, that's really dope. I could definitely got to check out uh, their site. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link to the site because I was just on it not too long ago. And I was like, that is just, that's really cool that they that they do that so yeah yeah like uh, they have animation services yeah animation services yep and the reasons why i brought up uh like nicholas's work was because he was like one of like the key like influences for me like on social media back when i started like back in like what 2013 um mm -hmm. especially like as a like young black artist um he was definitely like one of the like uh i guess influences of like just like being successful in the medium that I was like going into um, right and like since then he's like done like the cover work for the Black Panther movie for the album cover right um he's now working on the revived statics uh shock series um DC Con or actually it's milestone slash uh, DC <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah it's just been crazy seeing his journey uh and then like all of yeah, the I, I enjoy his work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoy his work. I, I've I've seen a lot of him on Instagram. Um, I know um, that he has had some other creations uh, mm -hmm. with a, a couple of other characters that I've been seeing around. And so yeah, I, I do enjoy his art, um, and he's really talented. So um, mm -hmm. it, it's nice to get those those figures that, like I said, you can look up to. In this mm -hmm. genre, and that I, I believe that kind of gets more people into it when they see, hey, he, he looks just like me. I, I can do it too. I know it exactly. sounds cliche, almost. Hey, to, it's to representation, that, but it really <laughs> is. But it really is. It really is that idea that I've never seen anyone that looks like me do this. How do mm -hmm. I? How do I start this? How do I? You know, where do I start at? Yeah. So and, once you find like and, that trailblazer and like pioneer, yeah. then you can just follow the journey. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Great, and um, and it's good that we're we're getting that now, and I'm 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 loving the just the the idea that this um, Yasuke um, series is just going to be on Netflix, which is a huge platform, and I even have seen people that are not even into anime saying that they're going to watch it. Netflix just has become the most weebs like out of yes. all of us in the past five years alone <laughs> i was like all right we're, we're taking over <laughs> exactly give me, give me give me your give me your ideas give me your projects we got yeah. the money uh, what do you what do you got <laughs> <laughs> what do you got here's, here's some money <laughs> we'll green light it we'll green light everything yeah. exactly <laughs> but the thing about it is that studio mappa is behind it now yes <laughs> they have been busy yes. busy bees in the past uh two years alone certainly <laughs> uh with like the gotta high school they did Doro mm -hmm. Hidoro, uh which is also netflix uh original um they're doing jujutsu kaisen they're doing the final season of attack on titan and upcoming yep. they're doing the chainsaw man anime which probably will be on netflix as well uh seeing how oh, they that handled... would be nice to see that on a net on netflix yeah although um, it is gonna like we have to wait like <laughs> for it to come out fully yeah I mean, like, so it's gonna air and then come out. Probably. I heard that Yasuke is only gonna have uh, six episodes, like a okay. first season run. 
Um, so that's like small enough for them to like probably work on. Well, they are uh, working on multiple projects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with like uh, Jujutsu Kaisen's first season, which has been a phenomenal first season coming to a close. Uh, I think they'll probably use that as like a, a, a cycle for seasonal anime between that and then Chainsaw Man. And then also with yeah. like Dora Hedora, if they renew that for another season. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. they've they've been they, killing it. <laughs> yeah, their animation for Jujutsu Kaisen has just been amazing. Like I don't know if you've seen like the panels match with like the screenshots. Oh, I haven't like, seen you know how they match the manga versus the anime. Yeah, I love seeing those comparisons. But, yeah, I mean it's it's been amazing. Like I, I some would say it's, it's night and it day. It kind of reminds me. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of um, when um, My Hero Academia first came out, and mm-hmm. people were like super hype, saying that like, oh my god, the anime is basically better than the manga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and it just because they've done such a good job with the animation, it, it makes me feel like this could fall into that same category where it's like it's the and don't get me wrong, the manga is amazing. Yeah, but just seeing everything animated, it gives you it gets sometimes give you a different feeling. You can watch the same scene that you read a month ago, oh, yeah, and go that this is absolutely amazing. It's so, a whole new experience, like especially yeah. I would say both for like uh, Doctor Stone as well as Attack on Titan, since I'm like caught up in mm-hmm. both of those series. So reliving certain events that have happened like years ago, like from the manga, it's like like actually hearing the characters speak the the ost how like the colors come through the visuals the backgrounds everything it's like a whole totally different experience which is phenomenal for what art can do as well as animation um Mm -hmm. just that adaptation like process like sometimes it's really good sometimes it misses (laughs) but when it's really good (laughs) it's really good (laughs) but uh no exactly i agree and I, well, I think that kind of wraps up that that segment for just how influential um, anime and manga is becoming just in our culture, um, mm-hmm. in the Black community, and just being able to get more representation is always a good thing. Um, our, our next kind of topic here is something that I'm a huge fan of. If you know the name of this podcast, then you already <laughs> know that I am a huge fan of Hunter Hunter. And so uh, Royal has just uh, finished the entire series, right? The anime. The 2011, yeah. The 2011, the 2011 anime, yeah. yeah. And so um, I decided that we absolutely had to talk about it. <laughs> and yes, <laughs> so uh, that's what we are gonna do here. So what's, what to start with? So what... And I know you that you've <laughs> been familiar with Hunter Hunter series like this entire time. I know this is not like your first look at you know Hunter Hunter, but of the the anime itself, wh- mm-hmm. what would you say like your first impressions were? Um, I'm trying to recall when I even like first heard of Hunter Hunter because I know mm-hmm. it was like uh, maybe at like late high school like early like college it was very late I I really didn't know much or hear anything because like it hadn't really aired in America like at least the the 1999 version uh that 
could not be on American airways, <laughs> especially with, um, <laughs> I guess, the tone of the story. Uh, four kids would not touch it with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> so it, that definitely probably lost its chances of actually reaching American shores initially, um, which is surprising because like his prior, like Togashi's prior work, like Yu Hakusho, that was on Tsunami um, in the 90s slash like early thousands. But uh, getting into Hunter Hunter for the first time, like fully, uh, I, I'm ashamed as I guess <laughs> an anime fan, like having never heard or really experienced the story, like like as a kid, compared to like mm-hmm. you know being a little bit older, a little bit wiser. But I am also at the same time grateful that I'm actually experiencing it now with that uh, having experienced all these other shonen stories beforehand. Um, and it, it gave me a better appreciation just from the storytelling and the world building of Togashi, like entirely. Because <laughs> um, actually I did, um, before jumping into Hunter Hunter, me and my friend, we were actually watching uh, Yu Haku show together. And then we actually okay. jumped into Hunter Hunter together, watching it together. So we were just on this Togashi like journey <laughs> uh, back to back. Um, but yeah, I, I was blown away just by how each arc in the story uh, was both set up well and also had excellent payoffs while also, I guess, giving you the, the taste for wanting more. <laughs> and I don't know, like, I, I, I would easily have to call it a 10 out of 10, like, if not top two, top one shonen despite well, not even being big, finished <laughs> right exactly and i know i know you're a big fan of uh yu yu Hakusho. so mm. out of the two and finishing the series now Oof. and i know there's some nostalgia with that but which which one do you pick uh outside of nostalgia I'm bias a, <laughs> uh, if I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now i don't have any nostalgia bias and i pick on her really okay <laughs> yeah uh, I, I would say because since Inuyasha was my first anime, but like I also mm-hmm. experienced Yu Hakusho around the same time. So they were kind mm-hmm. of both my first uh, glimpses of anime before I even got into Dragon Ball Z. Um, mm-hmm. So I I really love the character of Yusuke. And I know mm-hmm. you can't compare him to Gon because they're also like two totally different characters, especially right. age wise and uh, personality wise. But just the level of care and understanding of how a what 10 to 12 year old child thinks like living in this like grand world like on the soul journey of just wanting to see his dad again is also gaining friends along the way like his first instances of friends is right is uncomparable (laughs) like it it's like that it it has to be hunter hunter like i mean yeah. i would say that you have so walked so hunter hunter could run like that it's clear as day <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i think it 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 taught him what he wanted to do in, in mm-hmm. telling a story and and how he wanted to tell that story um, not that Yu Yu Hakusho is bad by any means no. but i think he just really outdid himself with with hunter hunter i mean the dark um, tournament alone is like the best tournament or in any series. <laughs> series, yes, exactly. And 
and then I, f- I feel like even in the um, uh, like the tournament arc in Hunter Hunter, I don't I don't think that that matches with the tournament arc in Yu Yu Hakusho. No. Um, and it could just be because you know one is at the beginning and the other one is basically at the end of the series. Um, mm-hmm. So there's I mean it's it's two totally different dynamics, two totally different worlds. And but I also just think, like stakes too, like they were totally yeah. different stakes at hand. Exactly. Exactly. And um, the, the, the thing that always um, got me about uh, Hunter Hunter is, is gone as a character. I think he's mm-hmm. sort of an enigma almost. Yes. Um, he doesn't differentiate really good from bad. He's, he's a more child, so, which is right, an exactly. accurate description of a child is that they're he's still learning. So, he more so gets like, hey, does this benefit me or does this mm. hinder me? Mm-hmm. And what benefits him becomes good and what hinders him becomes bad. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's really a childlike <laughs> aspect to how you kind of how we kind of view the series and how we kind of view and interact with people in the series like um what okay so in the um greed island arc mm-hmm. the the and i haven't watched hunter hunter in a long time and in, in a while either <laughs> i can help but, refresh um, your memory <laughs> <laughs> so uh when bisky is training them mm-hmm. uh with the uh rocks and um what's the uh what's the guy's name with the scissors uh scissors scissors oh oh okay that's the one character uh, i'm never gonna remember criminal. i know what you're saying the criminal yes the, <laughs> i can't remember his name for anything to save my life yes. right now just gonna call him scissors guys, man <laughs> yeah give me give me a break right now guys i haven't watched hunter hunter in almost two years so yeah. <laughs> give me a break and i haven't gotten a chapter in almost two years so oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> but no but no so um he he is seemingly willing to be nice to him this serial murderer because he helped them train basically it's it's it, it, it's really like you you almost like i think that's like at the point where you start to really understand gone as a character and as and as being childlike as he is i mean there's there's a lot of other instances in the series way before that but Mm -hmm. this this one kind of tests like the morals of like his morals almost yes and so that I, i think like i don't know if a lot of people get that about gong they just see him as like a kid and playful childish things like that at least until we get into like the um the the last arc of the anime but Mm -hmm. um there's so many other signs to like him just having that dark side to him early on in the series which is which i think is really which i think is really profound i would also add like he's basically on the spectrum of being lawfully good but also lawfully chaotic yeah, exactly. He, he has no regard for himself. Mm-hmm. As, Zero as regard most, for himself. Most shonen protagonists have that nature. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's that's, that's very a, true. That's a that's a that's a, a checkmark on the on yes. the character design on the character creation list. <laughs> yeah, is his hair crazy, and does he care about his getting hurt or not? <laughs> but does he care about his friends? Yes. Yes, exactly. Will he do everything to sacrifice it for his friends? Yes. <laughs> there you go. You have your main character. <laughs> um, so yeah, like just that um, instance alone, like Greed Island. Okay, yeah. I would. In terms of like, because I'll I'll get into like a, a whole like art tier list for me, but I will mm-hmm. say Greed Island is on the lower side. It's not bad. I would say that by any mm-hmm. set by any means. Like the highest I would give it is a seven out of ten, and that's mm-hmm. insane for being the lowest arc <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty yeah uh, you know what greed island is not really my favorite arc um mm-hmm. probably because the antagonist was just he was just like a regular antagonist he wasn't yeah he wasn't as compelling as everyone else in the series right we, yeah. we meet crollo mm-hmm. um it kind of set meet, the bar uh, high <laughs> yeah we, we we meet Miriam. uh yeah. Like these 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 characters that that he's created in the series. I mean, I don't even remember the antagonist name in Greed Island. To be honest with you, it's the uh, bomber. That's <laughs> no, he he was a uh, Vash's Stampede's uh, cousin. Exactly, he does look like Vash. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's the series I'm starting next uh, with my friend. We're gonna be hopping into I, Trigon. I like Trigon. I I really like Trigon. It's because it's an older series sometimes you know they're a little bit different sometimes they can be a little harder to get through at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah um but it, it's a really good series i did i, I enjoy trying try I, I probably need to rewatch it myself again um yeah. to kind of remember everything it's on hulu um, so <laughs> yeah it is it is and uh, uh so uh what was i was what i was gonna say so yeah uh yeah i, I think greed island is one of those lower arcs for me as well um what i, I so I think what I favorite... appreciated. Oh, go. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I will say like what I appreciated about Greed Island was the exploration of uh, Gone and Killua's friendship. Like I think that was like mm. a necessary arc, especially for Chimera Ant. I mean, on top mm-hmm. of the training, of course, that that training is always needed in anime. But specifically, um, going to what. Uh, Ging would say to, or Jing, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, would say that Gone is to enjoy the little detours of the journey. And I would say mm-hmm. Greed Island is the like antithesis of the little like detours, even though he created that game for his son. Like he, he intended for Gone, and he also knew Gone would probably beat the game. Um, but just what he would find, like the characters he would interact with, the, the, hardships or uh obstacles you have to overcome like that all happened in greed island and mm-hmm. it i guess the payoff towards the end of the series is like phenomenal for both like what Killa almost wanted to like sacrifice for gone and like uh and basically like just getting his friend back <laughs> Yeah, certainly. And there are a lot of good series. I mean, good like moments in, mm-hmm. in that arc, right? Mm-hmm. The the volleyball um, game. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I would say that he, is, I learned that that specific volleyball, like, I guess, portion of the story, like Togashi didn't actually like outline that beforehand. So he was actually writing mm-hmm. that part week to week 
which is just oh wow insane to think that like out of everything that's, that's been outlined that's the one thing yeah you, <laughs> you just didn't <laughs> he's like nah i'll figure it out when i get there <laughs> yeah i think it was because like adding hisoka into it like threw things for a wrench so he was very like excited as like uh as the creator to like see how hisoka would play a good guy in the sense which is mm-hmm. very cool to think about hisoka being like almost a part of every arc really uh, yeah. is fantastic yeah <laughs> and it, it really even in this even in the current manga arc which i know that you're not caught up with no nope, but I um not touched it <laughs> the, the the dark continent arc like he, he's a part of every arc and in, in the series yeah, yeah. outside and of chimera the, amp but yeah outside of that yeah yeah um but um let me see what was i was just gonna say my favorite moment Mm-hmm. My favorite moment of the series um, has to be um, the York New Arc or in the York New York. Yes. Um, when Kurpika finally confronts oh. um, the Phantom Troop. Mm-hmm. And then we get the fight that we get. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that is, that's like my favorite moment of the entire series. Sometimes like I won't even watch like the whole series like i'll just go to that episode. you just get to that point <laughs> yeah i'll just go wow. i'll just go like directly to that episode sometimes that's, like if i'm just your, like uh... nothing's on uh-huh yeah i'll that's go back your, to that episode. Uh, that's your rock lee versus yara moment of the series yes yes, <laughs> yes that, that is my rock lee versus gar moment of the series yes it's funny you it's mentioned big... new because i also have a very favorite moment and it's basically the Requiem of Uvogan. Ooh. Like that entire episode, I was like, all right, this, this series <laughs> goaded. <laughs> like when you have the villains like mourning the death of their comrade, that's it for me. Like once you yeah. give these these antagonists personality dimensions, like uh it's it's, it was it was a lot man and that and those episodes where you get to like see them kind of like display all their powers and mm-hmm. just how strong they actually are I, it also gives you a it also gives you like a clear idea of what uh Kirpika is up against right that it, all it, the it, characters are up against that gun will never yeah, touch well, these characters <laughs> <laughs> your main character who's supposed to be a shonen character cannot touch 90% of the cast <laughs> at all yeah and and it makes you wonder like what is how is he supposed to do this like how mm-hmm. like I understand he beat Uvogan uh mm-hmm. but it was it was more so because Uvogan had just met him he didn't know what his powers were no and he was pretty simple-minded mm-hmm. um he 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 overestimated himself and underestimated Kurapika yeah and it, it cost him his life. And so there's day. <laughs> and so it, him going up against anyone else in the Phantom Troop, uh, I, it, I think it would be a lot tougher. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, alone. Really, yeah, there's really no other simple minded ones in the uh, in the Phantom Troop. Yeah, which is aside from um, what's her name? Um. Oh, you talk about with the vacuum? Yes. Uh, Velma? Uh, Call her Velma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 
that's all i can think of um that's funny. i think it starts with the s but i can't recall i think it does i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna have to look it up here because uh that's <laughs> gonna bother me that i don't remember search the web it's like yeah, is it it'll Shin- be a quick it'll be a quick find But um, yeah, I will say uh, Shizuku. Yeah, Shizuku. Um, <laughs> it was cool that back in like the uh, the Chimera Ant that you actually get to revisit the Phantom Troop, and you actually get oh, to yes. see more of their personality and powers. Um, and it's, it's just especially like uh, what was it Phaeton? Phaeton mm-hmm. is just built different, even though he's just a he. <laughs> <laughs> same height and everything he's just i'm just here now <laughs> i stopped being a demon and started being a human but it, no it, i i agree with that he does have i think a lot of the 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 character like Kurapika, um <laughs> like you can you can kind of match up a lot of the characters with some of the characters in yu yu Hakusho. oh definitely so like some uh, of the themes of certain characters do carry over which is actually yeah. um, funny because I do the same with my own stories. <laughs> if one story falls through, I'll just like revive it and repurpose it in another way, um, mm-hmm. which is just, I guess, the beauty of storytelling. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that we got to see Meteor City, um, like just where they were from, mm-hmm. um, the junkyard city that we've kind of heard so much about ever since um, Kilua ran away from the Hunter exam. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Canary uh, was kind of kind of told us about um, Meteor City, where she was from, and you know, mm-hmm. kind of like that, and it kind of hypes it up a bit. And then we find out that the Phantom Troop is also from there. It's like a background um, plot line that you always forget is like there, and it's a yeah. crazy how he keeps like reintroducing it, and even like up into Chimera Ant, like with the uh, what was it? Um, what was the sleazy dude? that was like uh working with the ants he was like their uh i guess their mediator or something was uh, he was with like palm and uh uh Welfin and uh the other girl oh um his name was it starts the b the are you are you are you talking about the chameleon no 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 he was a, a human Oh, he was uh, a human. Yeah. Um, he was uh I gotta look this up. <laughs> I, th- I told you it's been a while since I've seen it. Right. So I'm still uh hmm. What was it? Ah anyways, and the Khmer ant, headed... the Khmer ant arc is like super long too so yeah. it's like he basically became a political criminal and had to go like seek refuge in meteor city or meteor city uh which is just like just like that one last like puzzle piece just to like feed back into like the i guess the mystery of meteor city is like that is just a fail safe place to just hide away to <laughs> like no one can right. find you if you just go there <laughs> and it, it and it seems like they like it would be easy to get to if, if you could just go hide out there exactly but um it has it has its own 
like inter- interesting dynamic to it, especially like where it's at in the world. And like mm-hmm. when you see like the Hunter Hunter like map, and um, which like when you get to the Dark Continent art, you kind of see it a lot. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> yeah, you kind of see the map okay. a lot. Okay. But um, it it um, it it lets you know like how much of this world we really have not seen. Like we've oh, been yeah. to a couple of places, right? We've been to um, Huguru Mountain. Um, we've been to uh, where was the York uh, Yeah, where we've been to York New, but yeah, Heaven's Arena is in I forget what city name it's in. Yeah, um, but those are really like all the places we've been to. Yeah, and, and Greed Whale Island is just an oh yeah, Well Island. Yeah, and Greed Island, and th- those are like really only the, the only places we've been to, aside from um, you know when you get to the um, Chimera and Ark, uh, where they go to that island that's like off the grid essentially. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh NGE. Um. Wait. Yeah. Nine. Okay. Yeah. No, no NGL is the oh, yeah, NGL. Um, is the people <laughs> that back the island. I was thinking but of Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. But um, but yeah, you get to see the, the map a lot. And like I said, with a lot of it's it's a huge map. And I have no idea if Togashi had like ideas for what was gonna go on in the in other places, but mm-hmm. um it gets crazy. And the uh the dark continent arc really like kind of ramps it up. Oh, um, I can't wait. I found his yeah. name, by the way. It was Bizza. Oh, Bizef. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he became a political uh criminal and basically had to go hide out in Meteor City. Okay. Yeah, I do remember that now that you mention it. And didn't Canary? Yeah, Canary came from there too. Yeah, Canary uh, was from there as well. Like I said, that's like one of the first like instances we hear about Meteor City, but we have at that time we don't know that the Phantom Troop is from there. Um Yeah. Which is which is pretty interesting that he had this like idea um well i mean the phantom troop has always been a part of the series from the beginning but mm-hmm. it, it, that he had this like general idea of where they would be from and what they were coming to i guess since the beginning of the series almost because i mean those those episodes are still with like the first 30 episodes yeah i would say it was a pretty smart move from a creator standpoint just yeah trying to find a, a one specific area that was like off the grid or like untouchable in a sense uh, yeah where you could just hide like some of your most like dangerous or mysterious characters yeah and they can just come out whenever they want to yep it's just like and shuffle so, them in a uh, deck <laughs> <laughs> and so um I, w- I wanted to also ask because you said you had your rankings for the arcs so yeah. which what, what what are your your rankings so I'll start from the bottom, which was, we've already discussed Greed Island uh, as a 7 mm-hmm. out of 10. Um, overall, I liked uh, the the card-based format because I'm a, I'm a card collector at heart growing up mm-hmm. with like Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and whatnot. So like mm-hmm. ha- creating an entire game about that, like having Tagashi like want, I think he, in the interview, he did say like he wanted to create like a card-based like series. I think after like creating Greed Island. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like full, like cool that he was able to like, to like touch bases on that and explore it a little bit inside his own story. 
Um, but I think he had deterred away from it once like Yu-Gi-Oh had started its manga. So I was like, all right, let me just not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then also the introduction of like Bisky and the training of Gon and Killua. Um, those are like really fun moments uh, for all the characters just to see and like not necessarily like uh, the the stakes were like there in the background but it was happening with other characters so like it was a mm-hmm. nice I guess uh, palette cleanser just like going back to between Gone and uh, Kill was like training and like seeing how far they would progress compared to like the other characters like in actual danger dealing with the actual plot of the arc <laughs> and then somehow <laughs> these kids get ba- roped back into the uh, the main storyline it's just really impressive just showing like how Tagashi knows what to do with his characters he's basically been right. playing uh uh what was it I almost call it go but it's gang- is it Genki go go what's the game called <laughs> that Merum and Komogi play Oh, go, um, go gogi, something like that. Yeah, with Miriam and Moogie play. I can't remember the name of it either. But that game is just like it's like this is not even a real game, Togashi. Gungi, like what? Yes, Gungi. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is based yeah. off of like like I guess traditional themes between chess and shogi and shogi go yeah. and um things of that nature um but yeah uh so yeah green island seven out of ten uh up next i would say uh it's a tie but not necessarily a tie but it's mainly like a a, a like a part one part two i kind of associated the hunter exam and then heaven's arena as like okay. kind of like a unified arc um mainly because of uh gone's uh i guess determination to get back at hisoka like that was basically like a two-part kind of a thing uh yeah where he would return his his uh name or number card to him and also punch him in the face <laughs> um, <laughs> so just that entire journey is basically how i saw like the entirety of like the tuning exams where it was like cut yeah. up into multiple parts but like it felt like the the heavens arena was like the final exam part of the hunter exam which i think it kind of was because it he had was. learned then <laughs> yeah to do so you can't become a hunter till you learn then so exactly I, I, you can count that as i could say you could count that as one arc one and two yeah so i i gave that an eight out of ten um just as both like a, a prologue to the t adventure as well as the introduction of the best like battle system in, in shonen arguably uh, the best <laughs> uh i was going to talk about that too i'm glad you mentioned it <laughs> Um, up next, I would say the Zeldic family, which is, I guess it's an unofficial arc, but it's basically just when like Killa returns home uh, for the mm-hmm. first time. Uh, and basically you get to explore like the Zeldic family and uh, just the very screwed up nature of what Killa has gone through as a, what, 10 year old, 12 year old boy at the time. Uh, yeah. It, it, and then also like his his brother Lumi, his other brother Maluki, his other other brother. <laughs> it, it, it's, just, it's just a lot. <laughs> um, but his mom, especially, like she, I mean, she's a proud mother through and through. You can't not like knock her for that. <laughs> but right. her methods are definitely questionable. <laughs> Certainly. Um, uh, a bit twisted dad, at times. Yeah. I was definitely surprised by his dad, though. Um 
like from a first impressions if you see his like character design you think oh he's like a villain a future villain and like a future arc like but from the get-go you see the relationship between Kilo and his dad and how much his father uh hits home about the the understanding of friendship and what it means to have a friend and to like maintain that uh relationship um and that basically yeah. instills Killua for the future which will come back to in the 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 chairman election arc where like Killua would do everything to never betray like gone um so that that was a pretty like i guess powerful like mini like arc that was uh also like added to i guess gone in the future um as yeah well as I'm, I'm still confused about so not really confused but mm-hmm. I, I, I think maybe the word i'm looking for is conflicted uh-huh. I, I feel i feel like i feel like although he said that i feel like he said that out of manipulation oh definitely right yeah, I mean because that entire was, family's was, manipulative. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was set up for him to like let him go because if we keep pushing him, he's gonna mm-hmm. continue to run away. Yeah, it was also a so test, like a like he wanted to yeah. give or make sure Killua knew what he was doing, and as like since he all his life he was trained as like an assassin to be an assassin and to turn away from that would also mean turn away from your family. So if this boy meant so much to you, I want you to see it through to the end. Right. That's mainly what I got out of it. But yeah, there yeah, can be some ties yeah. of manipulation. Uh, but it, it was a, a, a parenting manipulation rather than like, a, I guess, a negative. Yeah, I, I, won't, I won't say <laughs> it's all bad, but I do yeah. feel like he still wants him to come back and lead the family. Yeah. So I think that this was part of his way of getting him to, or getting, or letting him do what he wants mm-hmm. for, you know, however long. Enjoy his um, youth. This, this may be before yeah. before things really get real. <laughs> I think it backfired on him, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I definitely gave that uh, mini arc like an eight out of ten. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up is your canoe. Uh, I, I, I think for years had like heard bits and pieces, like of the the comparison between the Yakatsuki from Naruto and then the Phantom Troop. Who's better? Who would beat who? Uh, things of that nature. And after experiencing the Phantom Troop for the first time, uh, it, it's 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 night and day. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Not even with the name of Akasi meaning dawn, and then the fan troop is just the antithesis of darkness, but <laughs> uh, right. just the level of character uh, interactions and I guess personalities, I guess complexities, I would say, in the fan mm-hmm. troop as well as like the Akatsuki. I would say the fan troop are definitely more tight knit as an organization versus the Akatsuki being a very uh disorganized organization if yeah that makes they kind of work together but don't work together yeah because they were kind of seen or they were just like criminals from like different backgrounds coming together for like a common cause but each of them still had different motives but with the phantom right. troop they like from the get-go they appear like a family like an actual like mafia sense like they had an omerta like a code um and 
they were also like kind of like mourn the death of their their fallen comrades unlike the akatsuki where like right. you're on your own if you you underestimate your enemy like we're, we're not gonna we're not making a grave for you <laughs> to make your own <laughs> but just like the the level of uh i guess the the stakes at the at the point of the story with york new uh compared to like i guess heaven's arena where like gone and kill were just now getting to learn how to use nen and then you get to just see professional criminals just doing anything and everything where like uh there, there's no hope for our characters <laughs> except for Kropika. <laughs> he's the only right, exception exactly. and just barely <laughs> and the only and only one reason is because and the only reason he's like an exception is because he staked his life on it mm-hmm. which which is another like aspect of nen like nen has so like so much to it yeah and it's nice that how in each arc that we progress into we learn a little bit more yep we get the cookie crumbs we follow the trail (laughs) yeah yeah it's craziness (laughs) we have to relearn (laughs) nen just to learn nen again (laughs) oh my god wait till you read wait till you start to read the dark continent oh boy i'm not ready um but yeah definitely like Kropka's entire I know I because um uh, I got my friends into uh also like getting into Hunter Hunter so they they're like caught up and stuff I think they're in the mm-hmm. manga territory now but um I I will say that some of them had differencing opinions about Kropka's backstory that okay it, 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 I mean it also stems just on preference of like what you want out of Shonen like some people aren't here for the revenge story um, yeah and i mean me coming out of naruto like i saw clear as day that kishimoto took inspiration from karapika even though they kind of came out around the same time but just the, exactly. the whole revenge story of like the the scarlet eyes the sharingan the it, it, it's it's overlapping parallels but they all, of course have their own <laughs> payoffs uh and uh uh differencing like i guess goals but right um i definitely had a deeper appreciation for Kropika, even though we haven't seen too much of his backstory and i know that's kind of explored in like uh, a volume i think that came out for one of the movies it was like Kropka's like prologue story or something i haven't yeah uh, checked i've actually out. read it okay so does it like go in depth yeah. like more into like his past or yeah you see clan? you see the whole thing you see the oh, whole okay. thing the, oh cool yep it, it it goes it goes up until um you know when he comes back and finds everyone dead oh cool <laughs> uh, <Yep. laughs> so i mean uh, you already know how it's gonna end anyway so yeah <laughs> but it does go it does go up until that point yeah i'm surprised they didn't make an ova about that unless it, that would have been nice uh, i haven't i haven't seen uh any like plans or anything like that to do that um, but that that would really be nice to to get that animated. It's it's a really it's a really good story. I even read um, uh, Tokyo Ghoul um, mangaka. Mm-hmm. He wrote a, a one shot about uh, Hisoka, his, his backstory. Wow! And essentially, That's the one Togashi thing I said, never even like questioned was his backstory. <laughs> <laughs> and and Togashi actually said, "Hey, yep, yeah, that's it's canon." Wow. <laughs> So it's, it's a, yeah, it's it's a re- that one's a really good. Uh, I would say if you're gonna read um, the one shots, um, yeah, definitely that I'll one would be that good. Out. That one be a good one to read as well. 
Um, and the way that he decides to use Nin in, in that aspect and how um, Hisoka comes up with his abilities is mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, it's really well written. Um, we all know how well written um, Tokyo Ghoul was. But um, I didn't read the manga. I know I should, but <laughs> I, I was one of the, the 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 sorry few who watched the anime, and I got like, I was like, what? So gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely. That's definitely my list. So much the anime skips yeah. so much information and just it felt made like it about it. <laughs> like the battles. It just made it about the battles. They tried to turn it into like a battle shonen, and it's so Yikes. much more. Yeah, that's yeah, what I figured. It's so much more. Yeah, I will. I will definitely check that out. Um, but uh, overall, I give York New a nine out of ten. Okay. Um, mainly because uh, most of these like uh, low ratings are because Leorio weren't in them. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but next up, uh, Chimera Ant, and I, I also paired this with the the Chairman Election arc because I kind of felt okay. like it was basically like a. Um, how one piece has the like their main arcs and then like a post arc which goes like yeah. co- like coincides with like the the main uh, i felt like the the chairman election was definitely a a necessary uh for many reasons cough cough gone uh <laughs> <laughs> um like a necessary addition to the chimera ant as basically just a follow up and also like a um a resolution uh arc a cool down but also still had stakes surprisingly because you just you think after 80 plus episodes of Chimera you just be smooth sailing but no <laughs> not at all um but I did love uh in Chimera they did set up the the election I guess or basically the the political struggle within the Hunter Association because of Netro's uh specific uh duty and job as chairman to take care of the ants and if he didn't do so, then he would uh, basically get blackmailed or like kicked mm. out or like something R- worse. <laughs> right. I mean, no one can do anything to Nedra, but his image would definitely be tarnished. Uh, but yeah, oh, shout out to Nedra. We haven't even talked about yeah. him. Even getting like, even getting like Nedra's backstory and <laughs> in, in that, in, in the Chimera ant arc during the uh, Miriam fight. <laughs> When you punch like, your opponent so hard, no, when you slap your opponent so hard, you get sent into a flashback of your own self. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> but and uh, you just yeah. learn like his dedication to like the art and then like how of he gratitude. became so powerful. It's like, yeah, it's really, it's it's so interesting. And, and this all leads back to the power system, right? Almost. Mm-hmm. Just, just because like, you can create any power you want yes. out of this system. It's limitless. Based on your based on your abilities or based on based on what you are as a min user. Yeah. You can as your personality. Pretty much, your... Yeah. You can pretty much do anything. And I like how I like how even like like there are there are like nin users that are don't even know they're nin users. So yeah. like the people that are like just like really really talented in certain aspects, but can't mm-hmm. specifically use Nen or never trained to use Nen, are still using Nen, like Kamugi went and playing um, Gunji, mm-hmm. like she's using Nen during that time. Like yeah, that's, that's what I noticed. I couldn't tell at first, but like visually it it appeared. So 
Yeah, and it, 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 it makes that aspect like, oh, okay, not even, not, not only are people able to fight with this ability, but Nin is an aspect that just makes people talented in certain aspects. Like yeah. you, you, you're given an ability, but it's still done through Nin. And I thought that was a really interesting way to like outline the, the power system, like of who can use it and who can't. Exactly. Like it, it stems on the borderlines of between, or I guess the topic of being gifted versus being talented. Mm-hmm. And then like, it also explores the things of being like, I'm decently good at something versus like being Olympic level. Right. But once you understand like the, the training aspect of like your own skill, then like, of course you can do anything. Cause like, it's, you're only limiting, you're only limiting yourself to what you only like currently understand. But once you learn more, it, it like, I guess the journey never ends. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I love the story. Um, the, the power system, the characters, the world building, um and like even like and i know i keep saying this but when you get into the dark continent arc, <laughs> there's like even there's like even more world building so i'm trying not to spoil you but oh, i know but just continuing I, to say that <laughs> i've literally known about there's the like dark, i've known about dark continent for like well over five years i think yeah <laughs> um but i, I just can't wait because I love world building in any story. Yeah, it's 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 even more world building. Uh, before you get to that, there's going to be a really really big fight. I'm not going to tell you who's fighting, but I will say before oh. you get to the oh, to I the think dark I know who it there is. will be a really big. Oh, you might know already. Yeah, I think it was uh, Hisoka versus Carlo or something. Yes. yes. Yeah, I I saw like one panel. I was like, okay, cool. Can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was coming. Like since they set it up, so. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they because um, he, um, you know, he goes kind of off the, the hinges here, which was so like that. a good explanation as to why he was missing from the Chimera Ant because he was searching for Crollo. I was like, oh, yeah, mm. that makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that perfectly lines up with his character. Yeah, he has um, he has he has prey that is already fully developed. Yeah, what's gonna kill him is when he finds out Gong doesn't can't use Nen anymore yeah that's gonna be i don't think okay that's the one thing i will say that the anime didn't fully explain which i already knew like from like i guess spoilers or whatever from years ago that he wasn't gonna be able Mm -hmm. to like use it but like i don't think it's explicitly said that once like gun was healed that like he still couldn't use nen right So, so what what happened was is that yeah he sacrificed all the nen that he would have in his entire life yeah. Uh, yeah no, I understood that. Yeah, which essentially that... <laughs> killed him almost. Yeah. Kinda. It it essentially killed him. The only reason he's still alive is because um you know the the wishing <laughs> yeah, the, um, the that command. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of all that that's broken. <laughs> it it is broken, but I will say it's Okay, so are you caught up with my hero? Yes. So, Ari Eri is the wild card, which I would compare to Aluka. Yeah. Which is very dangerously, uh, it, it could be very dangerously written. <laughs> uh, it could be very bad and overused, or it could be sprintly, uh tucked away. 
yeah, so, I feel like Togashi's talked talk the Luka away. Yes, essentially. That's, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I, I, I appreciated how Killa was able to resolve that in a way that stayed true to his relationship with uh, Aluka and something mm-hmm. or Nanika, Nanuka. I don't know. Yeah, how Nanika. Which is which um, is something. It just means something. Yeah. Um, so it, it made sense from like both a, an audience point of view and also a creator's point of view that of course since uh Kill was the only character and the only person in uh her family that treats her right and also mm-hmm. in, in a way treats her right and wants the best for her, uh, that she would basically conform not conform, but work well with Killua's I, I guess wishes quote-unquote command but he didn't want to gotcha. command her anymore right there's so. a um now that we're kind of talking about Nanaka a little bit there's a uh, it's kind of like a, a theory uh running around that uh Nanaka may be from the dark continent that's what that's initially what I said when I was talking to my friend when we first got introduced to uh to Aluka because the mother said or the dad said that um they're not what did he say um I know he said like they're they're he didn't really want to label them as like a part of the family mm-hmm. but he they basically label them as like a thing so I was like I wonder if they're from like the dark like they were adopted from like the dark continent or something that was just like an so, offhand thing that I thought but that that's so cool the thing that, is is that um the great grandfather of Kilua uh-huh. w- was actually on the initial trip to the dark continent. Uh. And they have brought some things back from the dark continent. Okay. Um, so they think that, at least in theory, they think that it's possible that um, Nanaka uh, possessed the Luka. Um, okay. And is and is from the dark. They brought back the curse of Montezuma. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, but it's not. Uh, it's confirmed. it's not confirmed or anything like that, which is why we can kind of talk about it. Um, okay. It's not really a spoiler. It's just like yeah, oh, no. yeah, theory crafting. So yeah, it may cool. not even be true, but it is pretty like an interesting idea if that is kind of true. And you'll make the actually most sense. see. Yeah, it does make the most sense. And a lot of people even said that before, like the Dark Continent, where it's like you know was even a thing um, uh, an actual arc <laughs> yeah. in the series yeah so um but yeah i'm i'm i, I got, i'm glad that we got to talk about hunter hunter i yeah. haven't had a chance to really uh discuss it on the show and we'll definitely discuss that you just more watched it, i thought it was yeah yeah <laughs> um but we do have another series um that we wanted to discuss with y'all that we think is a really really great read um, so I believe we both, re- I mean, I know I read this in one night, so I like, it I, I did this in like a one day, I did this like a, like a one day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so 41 chapters I read first and then found mm-hmm. out there was some more out. And then we went back and read those, um, yep. to get like the ending of the series. Um, just so we could talk about it uh, today with you guys. Um, so the series is called blue flag. Uh, I don't many, I don't know how many of you have red blue flag or even heard of it i'll let you know right now i hadn't even heard of it (laughs) um until recently Uh, i was on the shonen jump app Mm -hmm. and it was released on the shonen jump app 
41 chapters. And so I just was like, all right, I don't have nothing else to take a look at. Let me take a look at this. And so I start reading and then I'm like, okay, this is really good. And it's really interesting. And it's different, especially for something in Shonen Jump, even in Shonen Jump Plus, which is where I believe it was published at. You want to um, talk about what it kind of is about from like, yeah, a, like yeah. a surface level? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you I'll let you start it off. Uh, I mean, like from a, a surface level, it's basically a, a tug of war of love. Uh, between uh, multiple parties I would say four but it goes even deeper than that um, yeah as the story goes on but um, it's it's your high school love rom-com but it's so much more (laughs) in in the the ways that it, it challenges your I guess societal understanding of what it means to be normal exactly and it it challenges (laughs) everything about everything about what you believe is normal and everything about what you believe is not normal like what what is your normal what is not your normal It, it challenges how you view people and how you look at people how you see yourself um there's there's so many aspects um (laughs) to the the writing in this series that I thought with, that we just had to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't heard about it and you haven't read it, this is your warning now. You can uh, cut it off uh, or <laughs> skip to skip to like a part where we're not spoiling anything if you want to read it. <laughs> uh, but we are going to talk about the series in a, in a little bit more depth. Yes. So that that's your warning. You want to have a countdown? <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so mad. With, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay. I, but I no. So say, um, <laughs> no. Go ahead. The one thing that uh, I will say is that this story validated the last six years of my life both in a love life aspect but also as like a a, I guess school life as well Mm -hmm. uh it I like the conversations that were in this story are conversations that I had in real life with friends (laughs) and also with parents um right I personally don't identify fully as like straight it I don't like labels whatsoever uh, okay. pansexual will probably be the most accurate portrayal because I just don't care who you are I, I will love you if you whoever you are <laughs> um, right so I have like no borders around that but just seeing how each of these characters were uh, handling uh, these very uh, I guess not only controversial but also very relevant uh themes that are happening in our own society um and also it it came out in like 2017 right right it did yeah so uh fairly new uh fairly uh in times uh with both uh the setting and as well as just the lingo like the actual language of these characters were not 
jarring for uh, no. high schoolers because um, typically I would say more so in Western media when you have uh, school uh, centered like uh, casts like they're they create these like fictional languages that kid they think kids today talk in which we really mm. don't <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just coming from a, a young 23 year old <laughs> but uh, I, I was really able to identify with pretty much every single character not necessarily uh, being for or against them but understanding uh, their methods of thinking um, right and I've also been in many situations uh, where Tai Tai Chi, the main character, has been in, um, mainly from uh, as an observant type of character. Uh, throughout mm-hmm. like my entire like school life, I've always been an observer, like watching people, their body languages, not really knowing what to say at the right time, but doing my best to, I guess, push my friends forward into the best direction where they can possibly go to, which is what the same conversation that uh, he had with Masumi. Um, uh, it, 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 we, it's a lot, man. <laughs> it is a lot. It is so much. So, so initially, just to give you guys uh, just kind of a deeper aspect of what this story is about. Um, so Tai Chi, our main character, um, is, I, I won't say he's an outcast, but he's not like very popular in, in his school. Um, he has a childhood friend who is basically the most popular guy, um, handsome, athletic, and basically good at everything he does. And basically all the girls in the school love him. And the guys want to be approached. (laughs) Exactly. He's approached by uh, a really shy girl who says that she has fallen in love with this character um whose name is uh is it mita right mita is the the guy uh futaba is the girl yeah futaba is um futaba is the girl and mita is the athletic all-star in the school and so futaba has fallen in love with mita and she knows that tai chi and mita were childhood friends now, they haven't spoke since middle school, I believe. Um, they haven't hung out or done anything since middle school. Yeah. And Utaba is asking Tai Chi to help, basically help her uh, confess uh, to Mita. And that's kind of where the story starts. And it just kind of grows into something so much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, find, we find out a lot about um, Tai Chi and um, Mita's like friendship uh, throughout the years. And they're going from their second year to their third year um, in high school, uh, which is the last year for Japanese um, mm-hmm. school students. Um, so they're basically seniors. So yeah, so they're seniors in high school. And um, he is now in homeroom with Futaba and Mita. And that's kind of where everything starts. An important um, thing to, to uh, add in is that they're kind of on the 
um, since this is very foreign to, uh, I guess, uh, Western media, is that in Japan, they go by or address each other by their last name. So Mita is the last name of uh, uh, the, the all-star uh, super popular dude, but his uh, full Correct. first name is uh, Toma. Um, yeah, so, Toma Mita. Yeah. Um, so. What's it? Uh, Masume Futaba. And. Oh, no, it's uh, Futaba Kuze. Oh. Yeah. Kuze? So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Futaba then Kuze. Ichinose. Yeah. Taichi Ichinose. Yep. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of like our core characters for like the beginning of the story. Um, but yeah, it, it, it really turns into so much more. Uh, we find out that um, there's someone that Mita kind of has a crush on. Um, they don't give us like who that is right away. Uh, I don't know if we should kind of give that away, should we? I think we should, though. If, if we're going to talk about it. If we're going to talk uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, I think we can. I mean, he, he basically lists off of, like a, a, a menu item list of, <laughs> of what he likes which is to lead the both uh, Tai Chi and the readers to guess who it is. So it's basically a guessing game in the early stages of the story yes. on like who uh, Toma likes uh, at school. And that's what we assume it's at school. Uh, right. And then it just like goes into a totally different field, which also goes into a completely different field <laughs> once you <laughs> understand uh, the real truth. Uh, right, but uh, I, I don't know if you want to say. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to say just because I think it'll help us at least talk about the series and why it's such a progressive and why it's such a good series. Uh, by now, okay. if you've, if if you already know that we're going to be spoiling, you've left. Hopefully, yes. Um, if you've heard kind of what we were discussing here, and you believe that you would want to leave <laughs> and not be spoiled by this, then please do so. So yes. that that that's a time frame right there. No countdown. So, <laughs> so uh, come to come. We come to find out that uh, Mita is in love with Tai Chi. Yes. Um. So our main character. He, yeah. So. But before that, him. before oh, that, yeah. we get taken on this roller coaster of a guessing of who uh, Toma likes. And yeah, at I first, kind of thought it was going to be his uh, sister-in-law too at the beginning. Yeah. So, be with you. <laughs> um, in terms of like the, the the whole family dynamic between Toma, his older brother, I called him. Okay, I gave him like a nickname. His older brother, I call him just Saint Seiya because that's all I could just <laughs> say. <Saint think>. Seiya. <laughs> I mean, his he felt like a saint Seiya. whenever he would come into like the the screen because he felt well like well-meaning in a sense. Yeah. But I I loved his dilemma being the guardian of uh toma and having to decide what to say and what not to say as both his older brother but not being his dad um since right. uh both of their parents have passed away uh from an, a, a, tra a traffic accident so correct um just the entire dynamic between toma uh seya and then akiko which is his brother's wife um mm -hmm who came into the scenes earlier on in the, well, in his backstory as his tutor um, shortly before uh, their parents had passed and then following the funeral uh, and sometime after that, she had basically became an ex-tutor uh, of the family, but she still was basically a friend of the family in a sense. And that grew her closer to 
uh, Toma's brother, uh, which eventually led them to getting together and being married. Um, so at that point, Toma was very conflicted of like wondering if, if they start a family since he's living with them, like if they have uh, a child, like would he be forgotten and will he be neglected? And that kind of causes him to run away uh, from yeah. home as a kid. And his first place is to seek refuge at his best friend's place, which is Tai Chi. Um, so he, he found early like solace and comfort in his best friend from an early age, which sets up so many different uh, uh, threads going forward in the story. To him basically yeah, falling I in like, love with I, his best friend. Yeah, I like how they kind of built up these uh, scenarios, which is really not far-fetched you know how like a lot of times with these uh like uh, i guess i guess the this cause would and be, be considered a shoujo i guess this would be considered a, so- a shoujo but, yeah in a sense um it it's a um how they kind of like set up these like rom-com like um what do they call them uh uh i'm not too like, versed in rom-com so i <laughs> I can't remember what they call them in rom-coms, but it's it's like the cute meet or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Like how characters meet and fall in love. And I thought that these scenarios were well thought out and that they were well built. And that oh, they like were they were really... like d- destined to be together. Yeah, yeah. Like that yeah, type of I, I felt like Yeah, and I feel like these this didn't give off that instance. It's just like... Yeah, not at all. This is just normal how feelings can evolve type stuff like yeah and how and, some feelings are both, like, like unexplained as well yeah and i like how they 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 built things up and i also like how the, so the author's name is uh, is kaito i don't know much mm-hmm. about the author i couldn't really find much um on the author except for like a a, a birth date um, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know if this is like i don't know if this is a man or a woman but they go they go by kaito yeah um i think i heard it was a he on- okay on the internet but um their other series uh is also on shonen jump uh i believe it's what is it called yeah i I think it's a couple of other series um i think it was like a sports like slice of life story but uh what is it called are you looking it up too (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking. I got I got a couple of different ones here. So anti love, Sentai, Ayata Joe, um, anti lovers, Buddy Strike is probably what you're referring to. I'm guessing. No, that one kind of uh, looks like a it was um, baseball series. No, it was a different story. Uh, cross manga. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he has a he has a couple of different series: Cross Manga, uh, Buddy Strike, uh, Blue Flag, Anti Lovers. I'm I'm kind of interested in that. I may check that out. Um, Are you talking about Cross Manage? <laughs> no. Uh, cross. Yeah. Cross Manage. Excuse me. Yeah. It's a Cross Manage. Yeah. Cross Manage. Okay. Yeah. Cross Manage. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. It. Oof. Where do, where do we start specifically? Uh, <laughs> like, what, what's like, I guess, do we start with first, like your first impression? Because I, I think I already uh, yeah, about uh, Yeah, we can, we can talk about my uh, first impression. So 
my, my first impression is just that, um, I mean, even, uh, I, I think that the characters were just so relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, the world was so real. Um, it kind of just draws you into the story in a much larger sense. Mm-hmm. As it's not just like, it, it's almost like reading a novel, right? Whereas like a lot of, um, a lot of mangas can be, it, it, there's a lot of fantasy. There's a lot of, there can be a whole bunch of different aspects to it where you can kind of submerge yourself and feel like you're in a different world. Where where I feel like a lot of novels um, kind of come in is where they can kind of immerse you in your own feelings in a sense. Definitely. Um, and, and I feel like this story did, did a great job at um, conveying how these characters felt, not only why they were acting, but but not only how they were acting, but why they were acting that way. Um, there's a lot of reflection um, between uh, different characters and their interactions when they're talking about certain things and their feelings. And you get to see this aspect um, through Chai Chi when he's speaking to um, you know his, his core group of friends. And I, I just like that aspect of it where each character can kind of confide into someone else in the group, even though it's not really their love interest in the group. Um, I, just, I just thought it was just so interesting that this, this idea that is um, love in itself and who you convey love to and who you love and how you love and the understanding of love can be portrayed in a way where it doesn't condemn and it doesn't condone. Like, I don't feel like this, I don't feel like this did either. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he just wanted to, or that the author just wanted to tell this story and let you kind of come to your own decision on whether you agree or disagree. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that that's goes really for like good a lot writing. of creators. I think that goes for a lot yeah. of creators. Yeah, um, yeah, but with a, this being such a touchy subject, though, you never know like how it'll come out or how it'll be perceived executed. by readers. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just just my first impressions was that it was a really relatable story, even if you're not. I mean, even if you've never been um, in certain of certain situations, you probably mm-hmm. know someone who's been in that situation. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like you've heard about a situation like that. Gossip this this isn't anything foreign. Yeah, this isn't anything like foreign to, to anyone who's lived in society for a number of years. Yeah. And I just thought it was really well done. That's kind of like my, my first impressions were this. I was really impressed at how the author um, was able to portray the story and kind of share these the feelings of these characters in such a realistic way. And I think that's probably due to the fact that the creator probably experienced these, at least some of these stories yeah. like firsthand in these like exact conversations like I have. Um, yeah. And I also have a question for you, like, uh, like when reading manga, do you ever get the feeling that since you're actively reading these, like basically these dialogue balloons, are they also kind of like speaking to you like right back at you in a way like you're talking to yourself <laughs> versus when you're watching an anime and you're actually watching these characters speak 
like you're hearing different voices but like when you're reading a novel or a manga you're only reading your own voice like you can't imagine right. no other voice but yourself talking to yourself so mm -hmm. that's like it it felt like it hit even harder just like some of the things that I personally need to say because I think it was even mentioned in the story that only you know yourself the best yeah uh, I think they were talking to uh, Futaba at the time um it was very like insecure and I, I have like found levels of insecurity and that's not um that's one major uh thing about society is that it's always seen as like a weakness or like a feminine trait to be insecure when right it is very telling when like guys are insecure about certain things because they make such a big thing about it right um, and, I, and I think you could say that with a lot of the characters, like, I don't feel like she was the only one who was in, insecure. Oh, no, um, everyone Tai Chi was, <laughs> tai Chi was certainly, um, as the main character, really insecure. Um, mm -hmm. He saw a lot of uh, Futaba in himself, yep. which essentially is why he learns that that's why he really decided to help her. And like yeah. in the first place, like it was yep. never in about the first her. chapter. <laughs> he looked yeah, in the like reflection. Was, I was like, wow. I'm really that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was never really about him. It was all about, it was all about himself. It was never really about her, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the, it did really feel like a lot of the conversations, I mean, when you're reading these conversations, it's like, wow, like, especially like, and, and I know I'm like all over the place here, but <laughs> when, when I read the, the last 14 chapters or last 13 uh, chapters. And, <laughs> okay. The first and, 41 chapters felt like a prologue to the last 14 chapters. <laughs> exactly. And when it, I'm going to tell you right now, when it ended at 41, I was like, this is some bullshit, but I really still like the series. Right. Because it right? ended with a confession and nothing. Mm -hmm. And then it was like the end. Like it the literally end. says the end. Like, okay. That, sucks but whatever <laughs> <laughs> i think it mainly meant the end of the volume and i was like oh there's more okay <laughs> <laughs> exactly and so when, when i when i checked um you know just those last chapters out mm -hmm. and we get to learn like exactly what happened um between uh mita and uh kinosuke um when we kind of learn exactly what happened there and kind of how that all played out and then we get to where um, the two girls, I don't know if you remember their names. I do not for the life of me. I tried to. Yeah, yeah I don't remember the two girls' name, but it, two girls take Tai Chi to visit uh, Kinosuke and... Um, they just remind the me of... Uh, I just, in my head, I was just calling them Yayorozu and... Uh, uh, what was the Earjack? Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Earjack girl from uh, My Hero. Oh, uh, Jiro. Yeah, Jiro. That's the whole I could think of for those two. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah that no, so they take Tai Chi. Yeah, and it's the, the viewpoints of everybody just in that conversation is so complex. That, that chapter lasted 5,000 really pages. Like, <laughs> it doesn't even seem, it did really, it was a really long chapter, it felt like. I think it was just a lot of dialogue, but no, it was it 45 really pages. Like... Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. Oh, <laughs> but... um, 
Yeah, but no, it just really felt like that conversation. They didn't even feel like characters at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it, it um, these felt like real people with real feelings. When you learn um, more about Kanosuke and and why he reacted the way he reacted when he when he heard that Mita was in love with Taichi, yeah. and then you hear the reasoning for the girl saying that Kanosuke is still wrong. Yeah. And then you hear uh, Kanosuke's friend. Um, to clarify, the whole conversation was basically about homophobia. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To clarify, it, it was essentially about um, being homophobic and just caring about being more, I guess, more involved in someone else's love situation than you probably mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. Um, Shingo was basically the third party of the, uh, and also like I guess mediator of the conversation because he was trying not to choose either side but still trying to defend Kensuke's uh reasoning which is can be seen very uh negative to one party and then uh satisfactory to another and that just splits the dynamic in half or splits the uh the situation in half of uh what it means to be truly like right or enforcing it in your opinions versus understanding someone else's opinions even if they're wrong to you, to yourself right so and it, i think it showed i think it showed the dynamic and the the kind of um parallels mm-hmm. that that even those two instances can be right you're enforcing your feelings on this person because you feel like they're wrong and yep. they were enforcing their feelings on someone else wrongfully mm-hmm. so or what makes you any better than this person? And you you get you get the aspect of it, and you get the kind of ideal of it, and, and I and it always depends on the situation in a sense. And and they even bring up that point like, who's to say what's good or bad, right? Yeah. What if someone enjoys, you know, robbing people, like yeah, <laughs> or you know well, whatever uh, they the enjoy. Specific example whatever, was like uh. Uh, what if someone enjoys bullying but then the other person yeah. hates what that person is doing it's like are you just gonna say hate is only a negative thing and not a positive right. too or are you gonna say yeah so it's like it goes deep it's like har- super deep <laughs> <laughs> what did I learn from this in the end <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I think I, I think that's where we maybe can can even end this kind of discussion on the series is like I, I even though I am, I'm one of those people where I accept you for you, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're a cool person, we get along. Cool. I we really vibe, don't. We vibe. Yeah, I really don't care who you like sexually or who you um, love or who you want to be with or what color your skin is or I, I don't really care about any of that. It doesn't yeah. doesn't bother me either way. Uh, I have um, family members that are trans. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, um, friends that, you know, are gay, um, mm-hmm. that like women or that friends that like men, um, mm-hmm. like, I don't really care about any of that. Um, but I do, this, this, this has taught me that some people may not see things in a certain way because of their experiences and how they're raised and, and how and they're raised and all, <laughs> and also their family, certainly. And even though I don't agree with what that may lead to, especially homophobia, mm-hmm. um, 
to discount someone's experiences may not be the right way to try to correct those actions. Um, I think that thing we did leave out um, was the person question being Kensuke and his uh, revelation that he wasn't molested uh, multiple oh, times when he was younger. Um, yeah. And so he, he clearly like says that, no, he does not label every uh, gay person as a rapist. Um, so the other characters are still like taken aback. Like what, why, like at first they're kind of in disbelief, which is a whole nother type of conversation, like not believing uh, a male's point of view of being molested right. and whatnot. <laughs> it, it, but it, it did feel like a kind of a throwaway thing, which I wish was more, uh, uh, I guess, fleshed out. Yeah. I think that's kind of why we left it out here because it wasn't really fleshed out. Like they just, they just yeah. said it and almost kind of like moved on and went right back to like, yeah, almost berating them essentially again, because yeah, they were like, well, you know based. that Toma would never do that. Um, you know, and he's like, well, yeah, obviously, but can you say that you fully trust every guy that you're around just because you know them? Yeah. And I, I think that was yes. a kind of a, a good point or a good aspect on his side. Um, mm -hmm. There are definitely ways to go about handling that that would have been yeah. much better than what he did obviously um it was a portion but, of like deflecting but also like uh trying to be a victim in a in a totally different scenario correct um, so yeah it, but the, at the end of the day kensuke still comes off at this very um i can only treat girls as girls not as friends but just as someone i want to protect or want to love like you can't right. like that that which is pretty bad uh when you very bad see the opposite sex as a target <laughs> um so that kind of also goes against like what you experience being targeted by you know the same sex so it's like oh <laughs> right oh, exactly <laughs> but but i think I, I think we also see a lot of that in in a lot of you know, you can either go, you, you either go one way or the other sometimes with, with kind of those mm -hmm. situations. Like I've, I've seen people on the opposite spectrum, but also a lot of people that have been molested, you know, become molesters themselves. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's a, it's crazy, really strange and weird how the human mind works and what triggers can set off fragile. what yeah and mm -hmm. how one experience from one person affects another person so differently it's it, it's all those aspects that kind of this this story makes you think about have you seen and uh, this is also a side note but have you seen uh mm -hmm. the series mind hunters on netflix i've seen i think like the first five episodes i would definitely revisit it because it does kind of explore into that territory yeah um, so but yeah yeah getting back on <laughs> what you're saying no no i was just saying that it's just that those aspects and everything that this series kind of makes you think about uh, i think that's like my biggest takeaway is that maybe there are better ways to help people understand other people's decisions and yes. not be so quick to judge and i think a lot of this story dealt with not being not being so judgy or 
not being so so invested in other people's decisions. And that is when we get introduced to Mommy, the <laughs> Asuka Langley of the series, who becomes the victim of the entire, uh, I guess, school, uh, her entire, I guess, school life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people assume she's a certain character. And even I'm at fault for initially thinking that she was going to be uh, a very uh, antagonistic uh, force. Uh, or I guess the fifth wheel into the like the the dynamic between Taichi, Toma, Futaba, and the Masumi. Um, but then we come to find out uh, during her conversation with uh, the four of them, it's like, yeah, society is wrong for uh, not being uh, able to treat guys and girls the same way where like one has to be like, a guy will always have to be like a girlfriend or in a in a relationship basically with a girl and never as like mm-hmm. just a friend or a best friend um which i do at like how uh she was able to bring up her relationship with shingo or how we were able to see uh their relationship uh through school and her backstory um just how even from his perspective he doesn't even treat his girlfriend and then his best friend like indifferently like they're 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 kind of just the same to him in his eyes (laughs) which that's uh that's that's you do you man (laughs) i mean maybe that's not the best either but yeah (laughs) uh, there should be some happy medium in there somewhere yeah yeah it's like treating like i i don't think it's like the same but like treating like your mom and then your wife like the same like as the same thing like they're kind of tears yeah (laughs) uh in in different ways of like you know in that aspect so i think while i i I admired i guess shingo's initial uh i guess uh passive aggressive nature uh throughout the story uh at the end he did kind of seem like the uh i guess the person to not really help at all <laughs> in any situation like he was just there the vibe i called him like the a whole bleach character because he just felt like something out of bleach in the sense that he's just that vibey dude who just like goes with the flow of every scenario yeah, but then he like just wants doesn't to really chill. lose or gain anything in the process um because he had already repaired no, his i can see that with uh with toma I was like, oh, I'm cool, bro, with them. Like, yeah, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> even after you. he even after he was involved in the fight, too. But he exactly. really only jumped in because, you know, the girl got hit. Um, yeah, and that was his best friend. So, yeah. So it's that's like, hey, wait a minute. He swung on him. Like, I mean, was I, like, she doesn't want to be treated like a girl anyway. I don't have to hold back. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> that was a different, that was a different nature. <laughs> I was like, you misunderstood what she meant. Yeah, exactly. Just start swinging. <laughs> um, but but uh, what would what would uh? So I I kind of gave my uh idea of what kind of I picked up from the series at least to kind of like end it off. What would be your big mm. takeaway um or something you learned from this series um that maybe you know you didn't see before? Uh, going back or to even if you've seen I- it before, maybe it reinforced it. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say reinforce. 
because basically saying it the story basically validated like the last six years of my life and the sense mm-hmm. of how um uh I was the observable nature of like tai chi I mainly kept most of my emotions bottled up um and then like expressing them like either alone or not necessarily among friends like I would show some side of it with my friends but I wouldn't really be truthful like um the conversation between uh Masumi and Akiko about having secrets like secrets that like even either you forget you even had those secrets or like secrets that uh you don't tell your friends or family it's like that's a real like human thing to have like not everyone needs to know everything but mm-hmm. your friends definitely probably know more than what you're even your, like your family knows about you which is crazy to think about um so that's like a because basically everything that was happening around tai chi like not once did the creator show tai chi's mother's face or his, his parents in general like they were basically left out of the picture they were still in the background like still wondering what was wrong with their son but like they, he purposely did not want to like really introduce him into the story because tai chi either bottled up whatever was going on with him to himself or with his friends it was never really his family um, right and the same thing could be reflected to toma where he for years uh never really confided in akiko or his brother and even in the the chapter where he sits down with them that hit hard for me um mainly because i was in the same scenario like i believe two years ago when i was like talking to my parents about my sexuality specifically and regardless mm. they said they would never disown me they, they would still love me and support me no matter what you know who I like or whatever so just hearing those words again like reading it through uh Thomas like eyes and ears and stuff it was like oh <laughs> um it was definitely just like a, a reassurance that there are people who are fortunate enough to have supportive family members um and to those who aren't able to have that support of family they still have or will uh, come to find support of friends to replace them and it is sad yeah. and unfortunate to think of it in that way but that's just how life goes like not everyone can serve the role to be a support system for you it just has to be someone else um so i i basically this story just uplifted my appreciation for uh, having the friends that I've had in my life, uh, both in and out, who've come and gone, uh, who've helped me throughout, I guess, my journey is just growing up, uh, the family as well, uh, keep me on a straight and narrow. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that's a good takeaway, especially from this series. And, um, I'm glad that I suggested this series for us to kind yeah, of read and, and and talk about on here. I think it opens up um, a lot of discussion that mm-hmm. uh, really, really needs to be had. Like have multiple um, discussions about so many different I, things. I, I think, I think that's, <laughs> and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, w- no matter what that discussion is, I do believe that that is a good thing. I will say, I do have a question for you. Um, so prior to, what happens to Toma in chapter 13? What was your initial reaction of what could have happened? Oh, so um, 
prior to uh chapter 13 of like uh what happened to like a uh, toma uh when tai chi was going to save the, the kitten in the road what was like your what was going through your mind of what could have happened to toma because it like the chapter cuts off before you find out what happens oh so so i'm honestly i was really surprised by what happened i didn't know what happened in all honesty um and at first, I thought, like, I thought Tai Chi had got hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I was thinking that he got hit. Point and point. then... <laughs> hit by a car. <laughs> and then, yeah, I thought he, yeah, I thought he got hit by a car. And because he ran out, and this is kind of like his, kind of like his story. It was like, kind of like his redemption arc, almost. Yeah. <laughs> this, th- that chapter um, was just like one of those things where he just was like, I, I never want to experience that feeling I felt when I couldn't help, you know, I couldn't help that in the past. Not taking that step. Yeah, not being able to move. And Mm -hmm. um, I think we see this in a lot of shonen um, (laughs) where where they're unable to do something or unable to help someone. And it kind of- Good old Deku. Changes their, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Deku is probably the the first one I I think of when I think of this kind of aspect. Yes, exactly. And so I resonated with that just because, you know, mm-hmm. that's like a common trope that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought I thought it was done in a very realistic way, too. Um, and like, I know I've gotten off topic from the question. I have no idea what I thought it was going to happen <laughs> at that time. I, I, I thought he was OK. Like, I didn't think he was like I didn't think he got injured at the time yeah and then like the next chapter and he's like in the hospital so i broke it (laughs) Um, (laughs) i i will say um i kind of saw this coming i knew something bad Mm. was going to happen to toma earlier on in the story when i looked at the number on his uniform which is four and four in japan is a bad luck number or in worst case it it Mm. means death because the the four can be translated to yon or she and then death also translates to she so i knew like earlier on i was like something's gonna happen to uh, like toma but i don't know what it's gonna be either it's gonna be an accident or death suicide something is gonna happen to him and it comes to find out it's in a car accident which also hits harder for um uh toma's brother say because yes say because they lost their parents in a traffic accident uh so he was blaming both like toma and taichi for more or less the recklessness for the situation like Um, let the cat die like yeah it's not worth your life yeah but then that just goes against what taichi had like experienced as a kid so it's like yeah he couldn't do it again (laughs) yeah he couldn't do it again so it's just those like like the domino effect (laughs) And those little and those little like aspects of a story that kind of tie into everything else. Like mm-hmm. I thought those I thought all of those was were really well done. Where like one story would tie into another story, and it's, it's like the web effect, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, literally. And it, it's a I know that that's like a, you know a storyteller's domain is to kind of like you know make everything integral. Um, but it's all basically creating an onion very well yeah yeah it's, it's an onion type of storytelling because there's so many layers yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, and I, I just thought it was executed really, really well. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy this series. Like I said, I'm gonna be um one of those people advocating that people, you know, check the series out. That that's 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 basically my whole uh kind of spill for this uh for blue flag. Did you want to add like an extra extra spoiler warning for because I do want to talk about the last chapter a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh this is another <laughs> <laughs> this is your final another warning. <laughs> another yeah this is your final warning so uh we will be discussing the final chapter and what happens at at the end of the series so if you don't want to know that please please uh skip Leave. skip ahead I'm <laughs> <Leave>. just skip <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so uh I did like the, uh, I like the one view aspect of it. I wish they would have, I wish he would have had some words. I wish Toma would have had some words. Um, like in the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's, I, it's like everyone just like speaking to him in that well, last chapter. I like that. If it, I'm not mistaken. It, well, it did parallel with his backstory chapter where it wasn't a uh, it first person. So I did like that. Yep. So I, I don't think he necessarily needed to say anything because you kind of got most of the context just from his interactions. Uh, right. so he, in a way, he was talking uh, through just interacting with everyone else. And we also got to learn more and more about what happened to all the other characters. But uh, right. I got to love time skips for that. And time skips is just undefeated <laughs> in any any manga at this point. Yeah, um, if you want to end your series, it's a cheat code. It's a cheat code. <laughs> I will say that's one of the most satisfying endings I have read for a series, uh, especially after binging. Because uh, usually, if if it well, the only other series I've read was Fire Punch, which is also by mm-hmm. uh, Fujimoto of uh, Chainsaw Man, um, and that had a very unique ending. But I won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> um, but for for Toma's case. I think he had said all he needed to say, especially with his conversation with Futaba towards the end. Um, yeah. We, we pretty much got the conclusion of his character, what he was feeling um, in their uh, complimentary uh, fight <laughs> uh, battle. <laughs> um, it was a really weird fight. It was very I weird, was, very I in was... character. <laughs> yes, for both of them. Yes. Because, like, the two people who smile the most cannot easily, like, actually argue with each other compared to, like, Mimi right. and uh, um, uh, Masumi. So, basically, like, they're, like, the complete opposites, which is really what I exactly. admire the most. And they're, uh, that's the one thing, too. Like, there are so many different flavors of arguments and, like, conversations in general just because of the character dynamics, like, butting heads. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just coming to find out that in like the first, like, uh, I guess, couple pages of the final chapter that uh, Taichi broke up with uh, Futaba uh, only lasted two years, which is uh, parallel to my love life because my first uh, relationship also lasted like two, two-ish years. Um, mm-hmm. So just having that time like five years later down the road, uh, not really being in contact and then like kind of resurging again uh just going to like her uh 
her uh, wedding ceremony. Wedding ceremony. Um, yeah. Well, actually, Taichi didn't go. Uh, Toma did. And it's said because yeah. uh, Omega actually had a wedding uh, ceremony on the same day. So that's why they couldn't be together at the same uh, time. time. But I thought that was pretty clever. Oh, not clever, but like it was pretty like that's natural. That's a common thing that people just mm-hmm. like make wedding dates on the same day. Um, but I wasn't surprised about, well, I would say I was and also wasn't surprised about Masumi uh, come to find out that she did get married uh, and has a husband. Because um, I wasn't really sure if she was on the borderline of being a lesbian or being bisexual throughout the story. Um, yes. Uh, and I actually wonder if she ever confessed to, uh, to uh, yeah. Futaba at Futaba. one point. And there were five years. That's, I think that's the only thing we didn't talk about really is that um, they had the like parallels between Tachi and Toma and Futaba and Masumi. Masumi, yeah. So their entire like relationship just didn't really, I guess, fall through at all, Um, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. Um, But I don't know. What what were your thoughts? (laughs) I think it goes along. I think it goes along with our character, though. Yeah. Um, That she just wouldn't. He probably never said anything as what I would assume. Yeah, she probably definitely um, just held it in. Yeah. And um, I, I think that really kind of fits in with her character, at least the way she was portrayed throughout the whole series. Yeah, definitely. Um, we also... Um, oh, that does go back because Akiko basically says that it's not a sin to keep a secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that was what she needed to hear to like, it's it's okay if I never actually tell her because um, mm-hmm. that would just definitely make a lot of things even more complicated so mm-hmm. um yeah it, you're you're totally right <laughs> <laughs> and then um so we also um yeah we also get to uh speak with uh futaba and she still tells uh i think she still tells toma that she still wants to be like him mm-hmm. uh, that was like a big part of her character um yeah. when she was first introduced is that she was kind of confused about whether she really loved Toma or whether she really loved Taichi. Yeah. And she kind of figures out that she, her, her, her love for Toma is more um, like an, like an idol. Like she looks up to him Mm -hmm. and she loves him as a friend is kind of what she kind of came up with. And because he's so amazing at everything, she just looks up to him. Which I thought was pretty cool. She was pretty much a failure Um, at everything. So yeah, Uh, because people like who haven't, especially like really shy people, people who haven't like put themselves out there, haven't Mm -hmm. really experienced a lot of love. You can, I think you can kind of confuse feelings um, of like and love and definitely maybe not be really sure how you feel about this person. You just know that this person makes you feel a certain way. Yeah, and. Yeah, I think that those are easily confused. And I thought that that was a really good aspect of it as well. Um, and then in the end, <laughs> um, we get to see that Tai Chi and Toma are married. Yep. Just two bros broing it out. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. And I, I, I thought that was a really, really happy ending. Um, I enjoyed the ending. Um, mm-hmm. I do like that, you know, Toma, who seemingly had, like, given up, you know what I mean, by, like, 
that um, last couple of chapters um, that we were getting like before the time skip, he had oh, yeah. gave awesome. up on Tai Chi. The Toma retrieval arc, the mini arc where yeah. we had to go spend a hundred dollars for a train fare just to go to his job, just to say hey, <laughs> and yeah, then scream exactly. at the <laughs> I, I love that chapter. That was that was actually yeah, really good. That was a really good chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say this is the most deserved ending for especially a romance story because I don't I don't like romance stories whatsoever. I've stayed away from so many. <laughs> and this is the one story that I'm glad I was actually able to enjoy as like my first one. So now I can't yeah, read I, or watch anything else because nothing will compare. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to have ruined it for you. I apologize. <laughs> you ruined it for me. <laughs> But no, uh, so yeah, I think I think that's a, a good place to kind of end the talks with Blue Flag. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing that we have here is uh, Manga of the Week. Um, so we didn't do one last week, but we will do one this week. Uh, I think Royal has one too, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so I, I guess I will go first here. Um, so my Manga of the Week is so I'm a spider, so what? So I know a lot of you um, maybe know that there is an anime out for this and that it has started out as a light novel and is written by Okina Baba. Um, It started in 2015 and the light novel is still running, but it has also been adapted into a manga. And so I have, I I don't really get into too many light novels, but Um, I have been reading the manga, and so I would say that the manga is really, really good. I think it's actually better than the anime. Um, The anime is actually fairly good, and I'm enjoying it. Um, There are some aspects that the the anime is into that the manga is not into. So uh, the only real difference is that the the manga is like solely focused on the main character who has reincarnated into a spiner, uh, Kumuko, uh, which is the nickname that she's been given. Uh, but yeah, it, it solely focuses on her, whereas the anime kind of focuses on the entire class. Um, the sort of plot with this series, if you're not really familiar, Uh, I'll just kind of read it here. In a world where battle between hero and demon lord repeated itself time and time again, an enormous space-time spell misfired and hit a certain Japanese high school class on Earth, killing everyone. However, guided by what seemed to be a miracle, the students were all reincarnated into that other world. Though while a handful were fortunate enough to become royalty, nobles, and other kinds of influential people, One girl was not so lucky, being reborn as a spider, monster of the weakest kind in a dungeon filled with vicious beasts. She is forced to experience extreme hardship, even so armed, uh, even so armed with nothing but her human knowledge and overwhelming positivity, she continues to press on and survive against creatures much stronger than herself. So I love the Sekai's. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I really enjoy a sec, guys. Um, so this is one that I would say that I would suggest you all read. Uh, I believe there are currently like 52 chapters of the manga. And so it's it's a good read. 
I will definitely add that to the list. I've actually seen like some. I saw, I think I saw the trailer of the anime. I think it was by season yeah. two. Uh, but it's been. I've heard it's actually really good. I, I don't like spiders, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a really cute spider, though. So I still don't like spiders, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right um i guess my manga what do you have for us my manga of the week will even though i have a few chapters to catch up on uh i will say spy family um for those who are a fan of spy thrillers uh found family and a very very cute family um spy family is basically about a uh, an undercover uh, spy named Twilight, who basically is like the best of the best in the in the in the game, um, and basically he is given the mission to uh, find a wife and to find a child in order to infiltrate an elite private school to basically uh, save his country from, uh, uh, I guess, the forces of nature that come from another country a neighboring country um and what he doesn't know is that the wife he's chosen is an assassin and the child he's adopted is a telepath (laughs) and this child knows everything about her parents now (laughs) um so it's a very uh action adventure very comedy uh filled um heartwarming story about a man who believes that family is only for a mission, but will come to find out that family means everything to him, especially uh, on his missions. Um, the wife, she will come to learn that there is more to love uh, than her job uh, as a really good assassin. And then the daughter will uh, try her best to uh, get good grades <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of saving the country. <laughs> Um, that's so yeah. interesting i i haven't checked out spy family but i do know that it is in shonen jump so i will check it out it is definitely my, my most... other reads oh yes it, it's um <laughs> it's not too far it's about 42 chapters currently okay um it's it's definitely my most anticipated series to become an anime uh i've sucked through it for i think it came out uh in 2019 Mm. that's when it debuted um so yeah it's relatively new um good art good story good characters lots of gags you will laugh you will uh your heart will beat many times over (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah that's all i got all right well that's all we have for you guys today um i do want you to come back check us out in another two weeks um hopefully royal will join us again we'll see maybe not (laughs) <laughs> but uh thank you guys and uh you have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah.